how many of you in here like 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 when you think of flying you like love it how many of you love to fly some of you okay Maybe, maybe you need to help me with, like, your mindset and um, the drugs that you partake in. Um, because I'm doing a lot. I'm heading to Haiti in a couple of weeks and then um, down to Miami and then to, over to Michigan again. So I don't like it. I mean, you know, you start off going to a terminal, which is stupid. Um, so I, I just call it, like, I'm going to start calling it my, uh, where are you flying out of? Happy Place 14. Instead of Terminal 14, I mean, that's the worst name in the world. Um, I look, and I, I, have, I don't voice this very much. I flew to Michigan and back this week with my wife, and I, I didn't even share this with her. And she's really going, she says I'm already the weirdest person she knows, and I sort of wear that as a badge of honor. But I look at my ticket, and I'm like, I'm looking for, like, signs from Jesus in the numbers. I'm looking for 666. I'm looking for, give me a 7, right? Give me a 7. Seat me in seat 7 or terminal 7. But I'm just looking at all these things, and I'm not going to walk you through the process, but I am the greatest Christian in all of the world when it comes for me and when I'm having to fly. Me and God are so close, and I pray a lot, and I just feel, and I do, I've come to the conclusion, for those of you who like to fly, I'm like this, if God wants to take me out, he's going to take me out. And so there is a little bit of a peace. But I've started to notice some other things about airplanes, and, and I'm just going to start with this as the heading. I need something more. I, I just do. I need something more. Like, I need an airbag. I need shoulder restraints. I need a roll cage. I need a helium balloon to pop out of the top if this thing goes down. I need something more than the little seat belt that they put around me. And they make you wear it like that's going to actually protect you. Like, and they stand there. Like, I'm thinking this lady's looking at my, like, my zipper down or something. And make sure the seatbelt's on. Like she, and if you're flying at night, she has a little flashlight. Now, if I do that, I get arrested, right? But she's making sure that I have this little thin strap they call seatbelts on an airplane. Now, just let me just put this into perspective. We're going like 600 miles an hour in a steel tube. Not on the ground, but like 30,000 feet above the ground. (laughs) Put your seatbelt on. Listen, I need something more than that. I just being honest. Like, I'm going to be, next time I go to fly, I'm going to bring my own seatbelts. I'm going to bubble wrap myself in, and that's still not going to do anything. But But the thing is, I need something more. I just need something more. And, and there's some of us in this room that, that are saying the same thing, but not about flying. But you're saying it about your relationship with Jesus, this church thing and all of this. Deep down in your heart right now, you are saying, I just need something more. And you know what? You're exactly right. In my travels, I've been able to sit in seats much like you're sitting in today. One of the awkward, most awkward things I've ever done is visit a church. Some of you are visiting Hope City for the first time, and you know how awkward it feels. But what I'm going to say to those of you who are looking for a movement, who are looking for a place to gather and to be a part of, I just want you to know that you need something more than what's taking place right here today. 
And I'm just secure enough in my relationship with Jesus and in my walk with Jesus to be able to look at you and to say with an honest heart, there is so much more that you need than just this hour-long Sunday morning. Sunday morning is not enough. There are some of you in this place that this is the only time that you and I connect. Not that I'm going to be able to connect with all of you, but this is, for some of you, the only 55 to 65 minutes that not only do you connect with me, but you connect with God. And you're sitting there as empty and broken as you've ever been, and you're wondering why you need something more. It's because you've been wanting something that a Sunday morning worship service cannot give you. I want to be a church because I believe the movement of God is this, that we could not have Sunday morning worship services, but the movement of God and the vision and the mission of God continues to be carried out throughout the week. But listen, we're going to continue to worship on Sunday mornings, and we may get crazy and do something on a Saturday night. I don't know, but I want you to know this. If you call Hope City your place of worship, then I need you to live in such a way Monday through Saturday that your only option on Sunday morning is to get in here with a bunch of other people who have lived that way, and then we're going to celebrate. This place will get loud. This place will get dirty. We will cry. We will laugh. And listen, this is coming. There will be a day. When we gather in a building, maybe in Wahlberg or maybe in downtown High Point, but we will gather there and none of us will want to leave. That day is coming when we just totally abandon what we desire and we give in to what God desires. That the church has called revival. I don't know what we're going to call it other than it is a move of God and we can't explain it. You see, you need something so much more. I mean, you come here, and maybe once a month, if Pastor Brent is preaching, you will get a good message, but you come here looking for something that we can't give you. The seatbelt on the airplane is not going to save you. You're going to die if it crashes. The seatbelt on the airplane is only there for the little bumps of turbulence. I would like to think that this Sunday morning worship gathering is for the same. Listen, we're going to come in here and encourage you and show you what God has done throughout our week. And if he's done it in our life, he can surely do it in your life. We're going to give you a little bit of a bump before you go back and face this world. See, in Scripture, we're going through the book of Acts, and I'm not even going to hardly read anything out of Acts because what I'm going to read to you today is so powerful. God's given me just two words that I've seen in Acts chapter 1 in the very beginning of Acts chapter 2. So if you want to turn there, you see a letter that Luke wrote to um, us. He's writing this so we can see what's taking place. You see, some of us know we need something so much more But what we keep finding in our own personal life is we continue to find ourselves feeling like we're going through this life alone. 
And I can look across this place because we have some wonderful lights and I can see your face. I know who you are. I know where you're sitting. And some of you, I know what's going on in your life. And there's some of you here today, and because of what's going on in your life, what you have done is you've started to just move away. And you say, well, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go grab 55 minutes. And you think that's enough. But then eventually, you're so far gone that Nobody sees you. You see, God never intended for us as human beings, not even Christians. He never intended for us as human beings to be alone. And there's some of you in this place today that you have gone so far away. And you're alone. You're alone. And what happens when you get so far away and you're alone and no one sees you is you're angry and the littlest things set you off and, and you are trying to deflect all of the responsibility that you know is on you to everything else. That's why when someone pulls out in front of you, you go bonkers. That's why when your spouse does the smallest little thing wrong, you cause a potential divorce fight. Just being honest. See, God never intended for you to be alone. In Acts chapter 1, verse 14, again, these are powerful words, and I just want you to look at them real quickly with me. Acts 1, 14, Luke says this about all the Christ followers. And there were only about 120 of them at the time, so it was a small group. But it says they all joined what? They all joined what? Some of you need to only take that word out of this place today because you have left the building and you are by yourself. And God never intended for you to be by yourself. He intended for you to be together. Go on, it says, it says, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Flip over to chapter 2 and just look, very similar words, same group of people. It's not like they've started doing something different. And it says this, when the day of Pentecost came, that's the day the Holy Spirit changed the world forever. When the day the Holy Spirit came, when Pentecost came, they were what? All God never intended for you to be by yourself, but the enemy wants you by yourself. The enemy that we call the devil, wants you by yourself. It's one of his greatest tactics. He wants you over here, leaving the building, behind the curtain, where no one can see you, because you can keep on doing what you've been doing behind that curtain, and you think that you're the only one who knows what you're doing. The enemy wants you alone. And some of you in this room are going to have to make a choice. And I think you need to make it right now. That I've been going through this life. I've been trying to hide all of the sin. I've been trying to hide all of, listen to this. And Lori prophetically just said this, all the shame. There's a lot of shame that is being hidden in this place, in your life and in your heart. And because you know you, you feel shame. 
I don't know if you heard what Lori just said. All the shame. It's gone in Jesus Christ. You see, there's some shame that's driving you to be by yourself. And that is not coming from my loving father. That is coming from the enemy. Scott, I think you're just making this up. Well, listen, don't take my word for it. Turn to Luke's gospel. And it's in the 8th chapter. It's the 29th verse. And I just want you to notice what takes place here. We've heard this passage of scripture. We've heard this story. There was a man who was demon possessed. And look what it says. Jesus commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven by the what? I know that should be scary to you. To think that, man, I'm being driven to these solitary places. And it's never what God intended for you. God doesn't want you to be alone. He has designed this thing so that we can be together. The enemy wants you by yourself. I know why I want to be by myself. I am 40 years old. I am at a place that I've never been in my life, my Christian life. And God is speaking some of the most clear things to me that he's ever spoken before. There are three things that I continue to hear everywhere I go. One of them I'm going to share at the last part of this message. But I know that God has something for me. That is going to directly affect you. For some reason, God has said, Scott, I want you to lead this movement of mine. I don't know why. I am the least qualified of all. But for some reason, God's favor has fallen on me. And I get to be a part of the greatest group of people that ever, I believe, ever have shared the gospel in the Piedmont Triad. I don't know why. I won the lottery. But I know what he is saying to me is going to directly affect you. And the enemy does not want you to be affected by it. Because what it is going to do is radically transform your life and all of the people that ever are going to come in contact with you. And so the enemy has been trying to drive me into solitary places. Listen, we're real in this place, right? If I'm real, I expect you to be real. I have laid on someone's couch and paid for it. Like money. You'll get that when you drive home. (laughs) Wives, explain that to your husbands, please. I have paid to lay on someone's couch because I have thought that I was going crazy because I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be doing. I wanted to be by myself and my wife can just amen to this. I loved over the last six months or so being alone in my bedroom watching Netflix. No amen to that. Because God's got something in my life that directly is going to affect this community of people. 
And I can't do it if I am needing to lay on a couch. And so I learned over the last few months that when Scott is wanting to be by himself, there's something wrong. And so I've had to learn how to get away and be by myself and be beneficial with being by myself. I am learning as a 40-year-old, I need some time to go and refuel I'm going to try something absolutely crazy. And if you know me, my wife, when I told her this, she laughed. I'm going to start trying to just walk through like some trails. I'm not, I'm not looking to smoke weed, I promise. I am just going to go walk through some trails. Because I'm going to try to do something different. Because what I've been doing doesn't seem to be working. But I have to find a way to get so full of Jesus that I just overflow on you. And being by myself is not the way it needs to be done in an unhealthy manner. My nature walks. That's what they are. I'm going to get some Birkenstocks, I guess. It's going to be, I'm going to be walking. and I, I'm talking about getting a hammock. And yeah, I, if I have dreadlocks, listen, that's the line. But I'm going to spend that time refueling instead of just just nonsense and wasted energy. I'm going to spend that time filling up and listening to God and asking him, God, why? Some of you guys want to be alone for the negative wrong reasons. And I know what I'm getting ready to say here in just a second is probably going to make some of you cringe because the church and small groups, it just scares us to death. You know, I know all the excuses. I know all the excuses. I've heard them. Actually, I've made them. But what I found out is the enemy wants me alone. And when I'm alone, I have nothing to offer to you. But guys, we here at this place, Sunday morning is not enough. You, as you look around, fortunately, God's blessing and we're growing. And I don't know many people. I just don't know many of your names. But there's two ways here at this place that we're going to try to do something about that. One of them, small groups. In people's homes. Listen, that's not weird. Before you became a Christ follower, you would go to people's homes that you didn't even know and do all kinds of things, right? So why in the world is it weird for a group of Christ followers to break open the Bible, look at Acts, read the two or three verses, and study it? Why is that weird? But I'm going to tell you today, some of you who are not involved in small groups at all, you have to take the next step. Man, we don't let weird people lead small groups at this place. We let people who get what I'm talking about this morning lead small groups. They're cool people. Like, you will find yourself wanting to go and hang out with them. I promise you. Take me up on it, please. If you're alone, if you feel like you are separated, go find Pastor Brent. Go out there to his table where he will have some stud small group leaders and they will gingerly walk you through the process. 
They will invite you to someone's home and they will absolutely love you to death. They will cry when you cry. They will laugh when you laugh. They will grow when you grow. And we're going to celebrate that. I need you. If you are not connected and you call Hope City home, I need you in a small group. Make us grab more small group leaders, please. Hey, let me just talk about that for a second. There are some of you in this room, and God has blessed you with knowledge of his scripture and his son Jesus, and you're sitting there, and you're not leading a small group for us. And I'm going to just ask you one question. Why not? Oh, Scott, here's the deal. I'm too busy. I did a little research on how we human beings spend our time. Would you like to hear how we spend our time? You would? The average lifespan, 78.6 years, okay? Some of you are well above that already. God's just blessed you. It's awesome. You spend 25 years sleeping. Scott, I'm too busy, man, to do a small group. I'm too busy. You spend 25 years sleeping. Go to bed a little earlier, wake up a lot earlier. You spend 10.3 years working. It's okay. I love a hard worker. You spend 17 years dieting. I'm about to give up on it, man. Are you guys okay with me being in a hover round? If you are, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Chicken wings, pizza. We're going to take a vote on that next Sunday. If you're okay with me being in a hover round, it's on. You will want to be a part of my small group because we're going to eat. You spend 17 years dieting. Dieting. I'm personally taking this one. I'm taking this next one to the next level. I am personally. I am going to raise the average by myself on this next one. Guys, you guys are pitiful. You only spend 48 days having sex. I'm taking it to at least 60 right here. Baby, get ready. I am. I am. I'm taking it to 60. Hey, 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 you want to see something funny? Raise the hands, guys. Who's with me? Amen. 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 God's good. He created it. And so if you're married, come on. Where's Jared? We can market this thing, man. We can get some T-shirts, some bumper stickers. We're raising the bar. Yeah. I am. Some of you guys are offended by that, and your kids are sitting here, and you're like, man, I got a seven-year-old who's in third grade in here. Um, Can I just tell you that we're going to talk about stuff like that, and that's why we hire and we pay really well the best children's director and team in this area. We're going to talk about it. We're not afraid. But I promise you, if you have children here, man, I'm so glad they're here. I love them. But I am very boring to your little child. Those people aren't. Okay? So, anyway, that was a little side note. We maybe have to edit that out. But, yeah, 48 days having sex, 9.1 years having TV. That's a crying shame. You're wasting 9.1 years of your life watching nothing. Don't tell me you're watching the Bible channel because there isn't a Bible channel. You're watching not only nine years of TV, but you're watching two years of commercials and you're going to the bathroom for one and a half years. So don't tell me you're too busy because right there I just trimmed some fat. You have time. 
You have time to eat. You have time to go do your fun things. I can promise you if you're alone, you need to be connected and you need to get into a small group. And I promise you, if you will analyze your time, much like many of you analyze your money, you will find out that you have time to get connected. You see, because now is the greatest time to be together, I believe. Because what God's called us to do. The next thing is this. Here at this place, Sunday morning is not enough. It's not only small groups, but it's serving together. I don't know if you've been a part of this movement very long, but we're going to get dirty. We're going to serve, and we're going to give you as many opportunities as you want to serve this community. Scott, I got to get together. I know that I'm alone. I got to get together. Then I'm going to say, You got to serve. Because it is amazing, Leroy, when you sweat with an individual, how God connects you. You and I and a team from Hope City, our staff, I remember one day going to the property in downtown High Point, and do you remember what we were picking up and putting in plastic bags? You remember? We were picking up beer bottles, weren't we? We sweated together. And it's amazing the bond that God continues to grow. So I'm going to tell you, come sweat together. Oh, and just by the way, this Saturday at Hope City, we're giving every single one of you an opportunity to get dirty and serve. I don't know what the temperature is going to be, but if you're like me, about 30 overweight and getting up there in age, it doesn't matter. You're going to sweat. Let's go sweat together as we serve this community. It's pretty simple. We're going to give you opportunities to get connected through serving because God never intended for you to be alone. He intended for you to be together. Amen? Now I'm going to turn the page a whole other time here. Listen, I'm going to just sort of close this morning with this. The enemy is the one who wants you by yourself separated And let me just take this to the bigger picture. And because Martin Luther King Jr. said this, he said that Sunday morning at 11 o'clock is the most segregated hour in our nation. And just think about this. If the enemy wants you as an individual separated, he wants us as a race As a culture, as a class, he wants us separated. And it's not just an individual thing. It is all across the board. He's wanting us all to get separated, and he's doing a phenomenal job with it. I want you to notice the other word that really just impacted me in those two verses in Acts, and it's the word all. He says, it said that they're all together. Do you know that when those 120 Christians started to gather, there were all kinds of classes, there were all kinds of races, there were even different cultures all gathered in that little small group. Hey, Hope City... And this movement of God is going to do something about Martin Luther King Jr.'s quote. 
God didn't come down and and give his son Jesus to die for us, send his Holy Spirit, and then say, okay, there's going to be a little church over here, and and it's for Hispanic people. And, And this church right here is for black people. This church over here is for the Asians. And Walmart over here is for the white people. No, he didn't say that. He said, the church... And I'm just going to just say it. I am honored by what has taken place in here. I feel like I am, I am so privileged to be a part of what God's doing. Pastor Brent and his team downtown High Point, guys, keep it up. Because you're going to show us here in little old Wahlberg what the church is supposed to look like. I long for the day over in this building that we're building in a predominantly white area for someone to walk into it and not have a clue if this is a black church or a white church or Hispanic church. That is what I long for. And if that offends anyone, then your seat is needed because we're not stopping. We're going to continue to reach. And listen, if you continue on on your own reading, maybe in your small group, reading through this beautiful book called Acts, you will see that the Holy Spirit working through just normal people like you and me, they couldn't contain the movement. There was all kinds of races and cultures and classes. But you know what's beautiful about that? If you do any studying on this, you will find out that the Roman world, the Roman world, it was the known world back then. Like it was the whole world, the Roman world. They were baffled. They stood back from this movement of Jesus. They stood back and they stood in awe. They could not even fathom what was taking place with this Jesus movement. They were confused. Because what they saw when they looked, they saw, they saw people of different races. They saw the Jew and the Gentile. The Gentile was just everyone else that wasn't a Jew. They saw Jews and Gentiles. They saw all of these different people loving each other, walking through the market together. They stood back in awe because they in their little minds thought these kinds of people, these people are supposed to be hating each other and killing each other. How in the world are they walking through the streets arm in arm loving each other? The Roman world stood in awe. It's 2015. I don't care about any other church. I don't. I don't. 
We'll partner. We're going to. But what I'm getting ready to say is only for this place right here. Hey, Hope City. It's time to do the exact same thing. It's time to love. It's time to walk through life. It's time to be together. And it's our turn. Much like those early 120 that grew to crazy. It's our turn to cause the rest of the world to stand in awe. Because there are black people. There are Hispanics. There are white people. There are broken people. There are rich people. There are highly educated people. And guess what we're doing? We're doing this thing together. Because that's not a vision that God gave only Hope City. It's a vision that he gave every person that calls themselves a follower of Jesus. And so this is a very serious moment. I'm just calling you out. This is where we're going. It's not going to stop. I just need some of you who aren't there yet. Since I'm not going to kid myself. Some of you are just terrified to go downtown High Point. Listen, that's okay. I just need you just to listen to the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's it. It's not every one of you is called to go to downtown High Point. Some of you are terrified to walk across the street. I just need you to get in the habit of listening to God through His Holy Spirit and doing whatever He says. That's it. You can see, I didn't even know what I was doing. And like almost seven years ago, he told me to go down there. And, and I met Marvin and Sandy. Amen. Brothers and sisters. And, and it's not because I'm like some super Christian. I'm not. But he wants the same for every single one of you. Do whatever God's asking you to do. For the others who aren't afraid, it's time to stand up and it's time to go. We're going to do this thing together. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when there are people all across this country standing in awe, Here at Hope City, we're just going to point to Jesus. As a good friend of mine says quite often, 
It's Jesus' fault. Amen? Listen, guys. Literally, right now, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to know, no matter where you came from, no matter where you even think you're going, God has you here for a reason. And you are a part of something that is going to change many people's lives. I don't know about you, but I stink and can't wait. Amen. Hey, Jesus, you are the reason we're here doing this together in your name. We love you. We thank you. 